0: Welcome to Season 3 of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, sponsored by Safehouse Rehab Thailand, where we offer a modern approach to recovery, breaking with tradition by introducing new technologies that help disrupt the cycle of addiction. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com and click on the video, or contact us at info at safehouserehab.com, and we'll tell you about our $1,000 airfare allowance and referral rewards program. My name is Bruno J, and here's why I created this podcast. Our research has shown that despite the opioid epidemic and the worldwide panic over the ravages of addiction, we didn't see that treatment centers were doing anything different to break the cycle more effectively and improve the odds of long-term success. So we have set out to do things differently, and to let all those who love an addict or alcoholic know more about the advances in treatment that we represent. Here's what we're doing differently. We have designed our diagnostics and detox to isolate and treat opioid and multi-addiction, example, alcohol plus opioids plus speed, more effectively, given that these are the new challenges of addiction in the 21st century. We integrate leading-edge technology into the recovering process, thereby disrupting the disorder, speeding the recovery of brain health. Clients come to treatment with damaged brains, this is a given, We pay attention to the importance of dopamine and other ingredients vital to brain health recovery. Traditional rehabs don't provide anywhere near the tools and close guidance that clients truly need to help keep them clean and sober for life. We do it right. First, we advise our clients to go into our sober living facility to serve as a transition to normal life, and we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to providing a structure for long-term recovery. So if you love an addict or alcoholic, and you feel like your loved one is sucking the oxygen out of your life, is stealing your money, stealing your peace of mind and your sanity, this podcast is for you. If you're feeling rage and shame, and and he or she is living rent-free in your head 24-7, this podcast is for you. I hope to have you gain a better understanding of the nature of addictive disorder and the invisible effect it has on your psyche. It's my fervent hope you also gain a little more compassion for your loved one, and for yourself, in spite of this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. To paraphrase an author in this space, we struggle because we love. Welcome back to Busting Addiction and Its Myths. This is episode 11 of season 3. I shall call this episode, You're Addicted and Don't Even Know It. That's just to get your attention. But I am making a larger and more important legitimate point, which I'll get to in a moment. I'm Bruno J, and my mission is to bring addicts and alcoholics and their families, whether you are in recovery or not, a fact-based perspective on the nature of addictive disorder in all its forms, and what you can do about it and what you shouldn't even try to do about it. So let's go to the part where addiction takes many, many forms. Here's where I can start my story just to illuminate my point. I should add at the outset that I happen to have been lucky enough to experience the gradual peeling away of the layers of self-deceit that kept me prey to my shame and resentment for several years. All this despite my being clean and sober throughout my recovery from alcoholism and drug addiction. I started recovering for good, in quotes, at a rehab in what was then called Milwaukee Psychiatric Hospital in July of 1993, which makes it 26 years ago. The name of the institution gives you a clue as to how serious my case really was. <laughs> I was diagnosed not only as an alcoholic addict, but also I also presented a long list of psychiatric disorders, namely depression, possibly bipolar, OCD, obsessive-compulsive disorder, sex addiction, panic attacks, and dissociative personality disorder all of the above and all true. I had previously been seeing a psychiatrist arranged by the company from which I was fired for dereliction of duty uh, because my disease at that point had me in its grip to the point where my mind didn't even work anymore. So this psychiatrist asked me, Bruno, how are you doing with the OCD meds I prescribed last week? And I answered, hey, I think my head's going to explode, doc. She asked, you're not drinking, are you? I said, of course I'm drinking. That was the first time in 24 visits, once a week for six months, that I actually told her the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. She then said, you better check yourself in before you check yourself out. She could see what I couldn't. So I checked myself in and started on the long road to recovery. Then, about 10 years later, I fell in lust with a fabulously sexy woman, 16 years my younger with two lovely little kids to go with her lovely body and her magnetic smile. I served as the house manager at Manitoba House in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for two years, and the object of my intense desire lived two doors down. So that's, that's how we met. After I moved in with her six months later and her kids, my job at the Sober Living House ended. In, in truth, I quit the job even though it was a great deal and a genuine learning experience, which I'll share at some other time. Shortly after we started living together, I discovered that my controlling tendencies were bringing out the worst in me and making everyone in my new family unit absolutely neurotic. Tension, resentment, fear, and dishonesty ruled the home. I was taking out my anger toward my fiance on her children, who weren't guilty of anything except for being there, their complete innocence. There was lying and infidelity plus untreated addiction in this house. I almost allowed the situation, that is, a problem largely of my own making, to almost sink my sobriety, which was then fairly solid, or so I thought at the time. The truth was that I was obsessing about my then fiance 24-7. I allowed her to live in my head rent-free. Here, go ahead, take my space. I know I can choose to use my mind for other more productive things like self-care or giving back etc. But I figured that if I obsessed long and hard enough, I could, quote, get you to stop running out to bars every weekend and leaving me with the kids while you go off and sleep with other men. Uh Uh-huh. That was my unconscious thought process, and if you look at it at face value, it was an obviously absurd idea for any rational human to have. I learned the true value of Al-Anon when I joined after my AA sponsor kicked my ass. He said this, look, Bruno, you are addicted to this woman and to the sex you are or were getting, and you need to learn from other people who have successfully overcome living with an alcoholic or addict on how to deal with your inner state. I said to Bobby, my sponsor, said, hmm, I never thought that I might be addicted to her and that I am, uh-oh, as powerless over my addiction to her as I am over my own alcoholism. So that was a light going on, another turning point in my life of recovery. My pattern is this, as it is for many others, I later discovered. We have to be in enough pain to the point where we can't stand it anymore, and then we begin to look for the answer, and the answer is always inside of us. It means we need to change our thinking and then take action based on healthy, not twisted and negative thought processes. That, for me, also meant seeking advice from people whom I had learned to trust because they were trustworthy, They had earned my trust because they did indeed want the best for me. And this is critical. They also understand how addictive disease works and how addicts think. So don't be asking your mom or your brother whom you love about what to do as their advice may bear nothing to reality if they don't have a clue about how insidious addictive disease can be. AA literature calls it cunning, baffling, and powerful for a reason. Even the best scientists cannot explain our actions and instead just label it as insanity and put it on the shelf for later examination and reference. The sick attitudes and actions I spoke about earlier are defined and driven by the extreme self-centeredness that runs an addict's life, and this so-called life consists essentially about self-sabotage at every turn, all for the sake of using alcohol and drugs to escape the consequences of living. I also learned in my Al-Anon journey about the immense influence codependency had on my way of thinking and behaving. It took several months of meetings, Al-Anon meetings, before the rock I was carrying find as the obsession I had with her when this rock would slip off my shoulders and free me, free me, liberate me so that I could live a decent, peaceful life for the first time in a long, long time. This is where I can say that I was addicted and I didn't even know it until I asked for help and until the light went on, I didn't know how badly I had been twisted by the disease. It is said that an addict seeks help not because he sees the light, but because he feels the heat. In my case, I had to feel like I was going crazy, but I was lucky. I knew just enough to share my thoughts and feelings with someone who A. Knew about the disease, B. Knew me as a recovering alcoholic trying to heal my life, and C. Knew about the power of Al-Anon, To lift addicts and others out of their misery and start taking responsibility for their own well-being. To start looking at ourselves not as victims or martyrs, but as sick, yes, sick people, affected by addictive disease for which there is a grown-up treatment. So there is nothing or no one to blame anymore. I also got over the illusion that I I had any ultimate control over my or or any influence whatsoever on the course of my lover's disease. Or over her drama as she played it out with me as one of the objects of her manipulation. Turned out I wasn't the only one, but that is water under ye old bridge running to the sea. It hurt at the time, though. That time in my life brought real meaning to the sayings on the walls in many Allen, Allen on meeting room. This is what those little signs say: "Didn't cause it. Period. Can't control it. Period. Can't cure it. Period." a straight-up reminder that needs to be repeated over and over simply because our thinking will quickly revert to something that is more familiar and comfortable, even if it's faulty. New thinking invariably pushes us out of our comfort zone, and even though it's necessary and we accept it, we still don't like it. I would say this to myself. Nobody's asking you to like it, Bruno, but you must accept this discomfort, for without some sacrifice on your part, no progress can be made. So now at least one of the codependents and the sick relationship was getting the help that was needed to liberate himself from a prison of his own making. I didn't know that I had these choices. I didn't know that I had these choices I could make to attain my long form freedom. I ultimately gained the courage to separate myself from the beautiful lady, but the good news is that we remain friendly and both children still love me and show me that they appreciate me for being a good dad when they needed one. The young man is now a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps and his younger sister works as an administrator in a healthcare system near our home. That could have all ended badly had not a higher power intervened. It's what I believe, and you're free, of course, to accept it or not. So what did we learn today? One, you could be addicted to the addict himself and not know it until you have to look at it and begin to see your addiction as the cause of your pain. Two, Those who love an addict alcoholic are just as powerless over their loved one's addiction as is the addict himself. Three, codependency is revealed and amplified in families who have an addict in their midst. And it results in much irrational behavior. Codependency shows up as obsessive thinking and controlling behavior. Four, family members are driven by the illusion that if they obsess and manipulate effectively, in quotes, the addict will change his ways. The cruel fact is that he just wants to get high today and every day. He is sabotaging his life in a vain and hopeless attempt to escape growing up and facing reality. Five, although there are other ways of dealing with the presence of addiction in our lives, I can only speak to the sanity-saving power that comes with practicing the principles of the Al-Anon program. Six, AA is found at www.aa.org. Al-Anon is found at www.al-anon.org. And we are found at www.safehouserehab.com. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my fervent hope we've given you new insight and new hope that will lighten your burden. For our hearts go out to all who suffer the effects of addictive disorder. Please give us your feedback at info at safehouserehab.com. By all means, ask us any question you like, and we'll answer on air, if you will. And if you want to leave us your first name and city, we'll recognize you too, of course. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, where we take a modern approach to recovery, something all families of those who suffer deserve. Tune in next week for more.